So uh, the gate was two million. The uh, fight of the night, Holloway Poirier, Gaslam Adesanya. So two fights of the night. Congratulations, they all won 50 grand, as they should have. Ridiculous. Um, that's it. That's all I got. Crown two new interim champions tonight in uh, pretty incredible fights. I that just was for all the idiots that don't like interim champions. The, the championships, there you go. They were definitely worth it tonight. Can you give us your thoughts both on Poirier and, and Adesanya? I mean, what you thought of each of their performances and just, just kind of what you thought of you know, them as your new champions? Uh, Gaslam Adesanya is one of the greatest fights I've ever seen in my life. Um, and the main event, Max Holloway is, is so tough and such a dog. Looked like he was out in the first round. He comes back, it ends up being a five round fight, back and forth. Um, amazing, incredible, incredible fight. I always wanted to see how he would do at 155. And what's crazy, what I didn't expect is he looked small at 155. So I look forward to him going back to 145. <laughs> I was going to ask if you, yeah. what you thought, because he did look, I mean, he looked healthy and he certainly competed yeah. well at 155, but do you think, I mean, have you talked to him and do you think him no, going yeah, back to 145 and defeating we, his We title? took him straight from the octagon to the hospital. You don't, yeah, that's why he's not doing it. I said, I told my guys, I don't want him doing any interviews or anything. Take him straight to the hospital. Um, he, yeah, he's tough. He's awesome, but I'd like to see him at 145 pounds again. Interesting. Yeah. Poirier looked much bigger than him. He did. In my opinion. What do you think for Poirier? Uh, Habib said that he'd like to see him in September for a title unifier. I mean, this is an interesting division, especially with Connor, that you can always throw wild cards yeah. in there. But is the, is the unifier next? Does that make yes, sense? Yes, that's the fight. Poirier will fight Habib next, probably in September. Probably in September, okay. Um, in Israel, obviously, he'll have the unifier with Whitaker, I imagine, next. Yeah. Too early to say whether or not that could happen in Australia. I mean, I no, know that's no. tough. We were going to do that fight here. I wanted that fight in the United States. We're definitely not doing that fight in the United States. That fight's going to Australia. Yeah. It will be massive in Australia. Be huge. Any, huge. any idea when it'll take place? No, we gotta we gotta figure all that stuff out. I just put my guys on that tonight. That's 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 their homework for this weekend. Get us an arena and uh stadium, not an arena, a stadium in Australia. And one more question on Israel. I mean, now you have two African champions. I mean, I know that's been a market that's been kind of discussed, but yeah. I mean now with two African born champions, like <clears throat> is that a more realistic possibility of a future UFC event there? It, everywhere is a possibility and, and realistic for us to go. I, I was telling everybody yesterday, in two months, um, in the next two months, I, I'm going to show you guys the future. And not, not of UFC, the future of fighting. We're working on some stuff right now in Vegas that's just going to blow everybody away. And uh, we have all these plans this summer to create more talent, um, bring in new people, you know, we're, we're opening, we're literally, this summer the PI opens in China. We're already working on the places in Mexico that I told you about a couple months ago. Puerto Rico. I'm telling you guys, it's wait till you see what we do in the next three years. So PIs are already under construction in Mexico and Puerto Rico? No. PIs, we're looking for the land right now in, P, in Mexico. We're looking for the property. And lastly, for me, I just want to ask about, you know, this was the debut of the new pay-per-view platform. I did see some kind of headaches and yeah. people were having some difficulties. Can you give us an idea of what was good, what was bad, initial results, yeah. that sort of thing? So we were in pay-per-view negotiations weeks ago, months ago. I don't know, time's flying so fast I can't keep it straight. But not too long ago, we were in pay-per-view negotiations. And 
we didn't like the way they were, uh, they were going. So we, uh, what you don't ever want to do is give us a little time to think outside the box. So we started talking to ESPN. The talks moved really fast, and we struck a deal with ESPN. And we knew we had to pull this fight off very soon, you know, on both sides. And we knew that there were going to be some hiccups. Hopefully there aren't. Hopefully you can get all, you know, everything dialed in. The next one will be much better. The next one you'll be able to purchase right through the app. It's going to get easier. It's going to get better. And uh, I'm not just saying this because I'm in business with these guys. You know you've seen me in business with guys that I don't exactly love being in business with. It happens sometimes. These guys are so good at what they do. They're so good. They're so on top of everything. We will get this, the problems that people had tonight fixed, and, uh, and, and it will only get better. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, somebody bring them the mic. Here you go. Just wanted to talk uh, about a situation with Max Griffin, the whole thing with his uh, opponent. This week when Max was in here, we were yeah. talking to him. Yeah. And he said it was just ridiculous, man, that he's had to look over his shoulder for this guy. He's attacking him at breakfast, going overboard. You know, over, I guess he said something, they're going back and forth. You know, normally like fighters yeah. do. But um, what can you do that maybe this doesn't happen again? Because he know they said that you complimented his camp, Griffin's camp, for being professional about this. I mean, there's been a lot of things that's gone on at press conferences and all that. But what can you do to get these fighters to not act like, you know, you know pieces of crap when it right. comes to other fighters worrying about their safety and right. all that? Yeah, listen. They don't. We, 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 our guys are on top of that stuff. That's why there wasn't a fight three times last week whenever there were confrontations with these guys. But it happens. You know, you get these guys that are super emotional leading up to a fight. Somebody says something, you disrespect this, that. You know, you've seen a lot more of it than you used to, but it's, but it's not no different than it used to be. Back in the old days, uh, George St. Pierre said that he got threatened by the Diaz brothers in an elevator one time. And I mean, I could go on for days. It just, we didn't have as many fights, so it just didn't happen as often as it does now. Um, you know, and, and uh, the, our stat, you know, we were so close in that Habib. We knew that, that there were tempers flaring on both sides. Everybody was getting crazy. And if you watch the tape, which you probably have a million times like me, the, the Nevada State Athletic Commission guy almost had Khabib's legs before he jumped over that, that yeah, octagon. Yeah. And even after he did, we had it contained very quickly. Nobody got hurt on, on either side or fans. Um, these things are going to happen. And now that they're happening more often, we're more on top of it than, than we ever were. The, the bus attack. The bus right. attack came at the absolute right time when everybody was almost gone. The last bus was pulling out of the... Uh, out of Brooklyn, right. and obviously it's a place where you have to drive into an elevator, and the elevator takes you to the top. It couldn't have been a, a worse situation than it was. And and but again, our team did a pretty damn good job of uh, stopping that from being worse than it could have been. So we are aware of all these things. We know it. When I came in that day, security told me what was going on with those guys and told me to be careful. Because I ain't as fucking young as I used to be, and when these guys start fighting, man, I, you know, they, they give me the heads up. I, I need to know. So we're, do, we're doing the best we can. But nobody's ever going to be. Nobody's ever going to be in a situation where they're coming to one of these events and their safety is. It, it, it will never get that bad. We will never let that happen. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, it stopped. Thank you to both of them. It stopped, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it, it got uh, that got goofy too. You know, it's just it's just it's 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 not you know it's uncalled for. You know, these guys are all grown men, and remember, these guys are independent contractors. You know, that it's it's hard to tell grown men. I got one in Russia and one in Ireland, trying to keep them under control on social media. Um, mean things are going to be said, and you know, at least we we got to a point where where it stopped. Dana, with uh, you know Masvidal, Pettis, Gaethje, and then now tonight, are we in the midst of like the greatest stretch of main event results here you've had? Yeah, you I, I was. We were just talking about it when we went back in my room after the fight. It's like before we left Fox, we've been on like this roll right now, you know, of incredible fights. Um, yeah, it's awesome. And I mean, obviously, a lot of that had to do with the, the durability of Holloway and Gaslam in there. Can you just speak to that a little bit? I mean, they definitely had opportunities where they could have taken some outs, and they did not. I'm going to tell you because I'm going to take another swing at the idiots that don't like interim belts, okay? There's probably some of you in this room, too. But here's the reality. When, when more is on the line, right, it's one thing to come in here. Can you imagine if Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gaslam was a three-round co-main event, Right? And, and even the Poirier fight, the main event, if it, was, if it wasn't a five-round fight. And, you know, these, these titles mean something to them. These titles mean something to them. So when you go in there and, and there's a belt on the line and you know what's next, because now Israel, and I'm sure many of you saw it tonight, you know, Israel's flashy, Israel's a good-looking kid, Israel speaks really well, Israel became a star tonight, Okay. Israel Adesanya became a star tonight. People are going to be talking about that fight for a month. You know what I mean? Um, from, from you guys to the fans to whatever. Now the anticipation for a fight. That's why I said, forget the United States, man. We're going, we're going to Australia with this fight. You know, you, you, you have where he's from right there. You have where Whitaker's from. It, it, will be, it will be massive. So we just got to figure it out. Um, what the hell was your question? Did you ask me? It's just to speak to the durability of. Yeah, the it's, 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 it's about what's on the line. That's what it's about. It's about what's on the line. You know how bad Israel wanted to win that fight? You know how bad Gaslam wanted to win that fight? Watch it. Watch the fight. That's how bad they both wanted it. You know, there, there's, there's real stakes. There's something, you know, on the line. Now, if you're Israel Adesanya, right? You, you, you were lined up to possible. He had to wait for Gaslam before, and we had to wait for Whitaker to come back. Now Israel Adesanya comes out, and he, he, he's got a belt. He already beat Gaslam. He doesn't have to wait for Gaslam, and he gets pay-per-view. How does this not make sense to anybody? Israel Adesanya was on vacation. He left vacation to come take this fight because he understands what is at stake here and what he can get. And the same thing for Max. Max, you heard him saying all week, he wanted to be a, a double champ. He wants the legacy. He wants people to know his name you know, when he's long gone and he wants two belts and, and, and there's more money involved in that too, so. And, you know, talking about Izzy, his, it's been six fights, 14 months, and here he is with a belt. Um, right. I mean, can you recall many people who have had this resurgence? You call him a star now. Is no, it, like you know he, who he reminds me of? The Conor McGregor. That's what Conor did. Conor came in, he stayed active, he, he, he built up a lot of notoriety, had some great fights, and people knew his name and people wanted to see him fight. Israel Adesanya is on that same trajectory right now. He's doing the same exact thing Connor did. And you know what Israel doesn't say when we call him? He doesn't say no. 
I'm on vacation. I'm not going to show up and fight for, for a belt and then possibly get a shot at the champion and make pay-per-view money. He says, yeah, I'll see you in Atlanta. You know, and, and, and when you have that type of confidence in yourself, it pays off. And, you know, it's definitely going to pay off for him. Yeah, and on the opposite side of the coin, Dustin Poirier has had to take the long road. His 22nd UFC fight, the only person who's had more before getting a belt was Bisbing. I think right. he was 26. I mean, can, what have you made of his journey, his ups and downs, and then finally he gets to this point? Yeah, some guys have the Israel Adesanya path and the Conor McGregor path, and some have the Poirier path. You know, if you look, I don't remember what the numbers were, but Chuck Liddell had to go through that same thing, and then Tito wouldn't fight him. And, um, and there's been a lot of guys who have. Tony Ferguson had a lot of, uh, look at the bad luck that guy's had. You know what I mean? And the list goes on and on. Some people it works out for, and some people have longer roads. Poirier has, uh, you know, stayed the path and, and trained hard and done what he's had to do to get here. And tonight was his night. He fought, a, he got, fought an incredible fighter, and he won. How did you score the main event? Because Habib was online. He said he had a draw. Did you think it was pretty clear for Dustin? Yeah, I think Dustin won the fight. I, I'm going to tell you that this real out of Sonya Kelvin Gaslam fight kicked my ass. I was, I was like exhausted after that fight. And I, I started trying to watch the, the next fight and I, I, uh, I, I didn't really score it, you know, but I, I had Dustin winning the fight. Just last thing, since you mentioned Tony Ferguson there, he was saying that he's been cleared, he's ready to go. Uh, he called out Dustin tonight. Justin Gaethje was in here saying he'd like to fight Tony. Do you have any plans for Tony? Is he ready to fight? Are you ready to book yeah, him? I don't know if Tony's ready to fight. I don't know if that's absolutely accurate because I, we haven't had anybody evaluate him yet. But um, <clears throat> this was his fight. This was supposed to be him and Max tonight. This was, this was his fight. He, he, he turned it down, you know. Um, and we've made it very clear that the winner of this fight, just like Israel and Kelvin, would, would, would fight for the title. So that's the deal. Unless something happens to Dustin Poirier, he gets hurt or gets injured or something happens, um, he's got the fight. We didn't announce that, did we? Then I don't know. We'll see. Uh, just a few from me here, Dana. Uh, hey, buddy. First, obviously the, the main and co-main event are going to be the story coming out of this. The rest of the car was pretty good, though. A lot of good was. performances. Uh, kind of any any performances that really stuck out to you uh, that you're going to take away from from this event with? Yeah, I thought Nikita Krylov looked good. Um, Khalil looked good tonight. Went going three hard rounds with a really tough, durable guy. Um, what else did I like? That actually, that Max Griffin fight was a good <laughs> fight too. That fight was really good. Yeah, yeah there were a lot of good fights tonight. Um, kind of shifting gears here. I know you've spoken about T.J. Dillashaw's suspension before. Yesterday he released a statement. I'm just wondering if you had a chance to see that and if you have any reaction to it. I haven't. I haven't seen his statement. I know that he did release a statement, but I, I didn't see it. And final one. Uh, we've been asking all the fighters. Game of Thrones comes back tomorrow. Are you a fan of the show? And, and if so, who do you think is going to win at the end? I've never seen it. Yeah, I've never seen it. You're not alone. There are a lot of fighters who have said that, too. Oh, really? All right. I thought I was going to be like the only guy that never seen it. My kids are into it. They watch it. I really don't watch a lot of TV, to be honest with you. I don't have time. Yeah, I don't know what more could be said about Gastelum and uh, Adesanya. Incredible fight. But uh, right. it looked like fourth round, that fight might get stopped at one point. Uh, also in the fifth round, did you think it might get stopped at one point? Uh, did you think it was yeah, close? Yeah, I, I mean, dur during the fight, they were both hurt during that fight, and both guys came back and fought through it. And um, 
You, you know, I was interested in seeing Israel tonight against a guy who hits as hard as Kelvin, and, and I honestly thought wrestling was going to play a bigger factor in that fight than it did. Um, you know, Kelvin came out banging with him right from and Kelvin looked great in that first round. He, you know, he, he had Israel off balance and, you know, um, was like beating him to the punch. Then Israel came out, adjusted in the second round, and, uh, and it was on. I mean, that, from, that, from that second round, that fight was back and forth. And uh, I thought that, that Kelvin would wrestle a lot more, at least attempt to wrestle or shoot and, you know, try to, you know, make uh, Israel at least gun shy and, you know, changing his levels and everything. But uh, he just came out and banged with him. And uh, I was impressed that when he did try to shoot, how Israel, you know, he took Israel down that one time. Israel got him in a, uh, in a triangle. He had his neck at one point, and it was great, man. I, I mean, it's seriously one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. Yeah, he got, I think, two takedowns. The first one, Adesanya stood right up. I saw Henry yeah. Cejudo jumping up because I'm sure he saw the takedown. I was thinking, okay, my boy's right. got a takedown, and Adesanya got right back up. Right. Um, I saw John Jones had called out Adesanya. And yeah. uh, your thoughts, I mean, is that something you'd love to put together, knowing that you're calling Adesanya a star? And yeah, John well, Jones listen, he he's, got, he's got Whitaker to look forward to now. Wh Whitaker is, is a bad dude. He's bigger than Kelvin. He hits harder than Kelvin. And, um, you know, he, he needs to focus on him right now. I know him and John Jones have been talking some smack. And listen, if he wins and he becomes, the, you know, the middleweight champion, um, obviously I love I'd love to see him and John Jones fight, but you know we'll, we'll see how everything plays out and timing. Because probably the other thing is, if, if Israel Adesanya fights him, uh, fights uh, Whitaker and wins, there's other guys that have been waiting in line too, to uh, to fight for the title. So if Jacare keeps winning, and doesn't get a title fight, that guy might kill me. So we gotta we'll see what happens next before we start talking about John Jones. But that John Jones fight is going to be out there for Israel no matter what. You know, that ain't going anywhere. And uh, to go off the path a little, any word on Cormier and Lesnar? Yeah, the, the Cormier-Lesnar rumors weren't true that I had something done. It's, that's, that was never true. Um, I've been talking about that's the fight that Cormier wants. And I saw a lot of people, you know, giving Cormier shit on the Internet because he wants that fight. First of all, Brock Lesnar wants to come back. I don't know when and when we'll get it done. Daniel Cormier has done everything we have ever asked him. He's fought anybody we've ever wanted. He's been a great champion. He's an incredible ambassador to the sport. If he wants the Brock Lesnar fight, why shouldn't he get the Brock Lesnar fight? He's talking about retiring, you know, and he wants to fight Lesnar. He's still got two nasty fights before he retires. He's got John Jones, and he's got uh, Stipe Miocic. If the guy wants to fight Brock Lesnar, he's going to fight Brock Lesnar if I can get it done and if I can make it happen. So I don't know when, but like I said, Brock lets me know when he's ready. We good? Thanks a lot, Atlanta. I appreciate it. You guys have a good night. Well, Israel, it's been a, a whirlwind ride to the top for you and you've uh, achieved champion status in very quick order. Give me an idea what the emotion is like for you right now to, to get this done. Mm, emotions. Um, I displayed a lot of it in the, in the octagon after the fight, during the fight. Uh, mm, what it's like. It just feels right. I mean, like I said, I'm making a documentary, so this that that, that fifth round, if I got that finish, ah, that would have been sick. But 
it is what it is, as the blessed would say. So, yeah, that was that was cool. I don't like to fight like that often, but you need those. You need those so you, you can you can know you can go to that place. Even at the end of the fourth round, Eugene said, "Go to that place," because I've been there before in trainings when it's put on you by six, seven, eight guys, and <clears throat> I knew if. They couldn't break me. One man couldn't break me. And he's one, one tough man. It was a phenomenal fight, and you were definitely tested and proved your worth in there tonight. What, what were you feeling physically, thinking mentally as this fight was unfolding? I mean, did you expect to be drawn into that kind of battle? Did you feel that he was going to be able to test you that way, or was it shocking to you a little bit to, to get pushed like this? It wasn't shocking. Um, I didn't expect for him to take me there, but I was ready for it. I'm always, and I, I just knew, look, I'm ready for five rounds. I just want to keep touching him. I didn't like the fact that he was able to jab me so much, but it's because he rocked me early. And that kind of just got my footwork all over the place. So I wasn't able to set my kicks up the way I already planned because I had some shit for him. But <laughs> he, he caught me early and had my had me worried a little bit. But I, I just adjusted, and I was cool. And then I caught him back, and I could see that I was able to start to touch him a little bit more because when you get rocked, it, it, like like a video game, it takes away some of your um, XP or your life points. So, yeah, I wasn't expecting the ball. I was ready for it. We know Whitaker's going to be next, and Dana just said it's it's going to be in Australia. Um, give us an idea how that how that makes you feel, and and uh, when do you think you'll be ready to fight again? I and mean, obviously, you, you you know suffered some damage tonight. I got some Botox, <laughs> but um, yeah. I, it could be in Australia, but Auckland is, is, I think, is a viable option as well. And we can push back and forth. <coughs> Excuse me, because he is a born Kiwi boy. He's a Muslim. He's he's representing Australia. But uh, when I'll be ready again, he says August. I say let me go shower first. I like my showers after a fight, because like I said, this is where I get my alone time and I get to be alone with my thoughts and really soak everything in. And I've got a bigger shower this time because I got the suite. So I can actually like lie down and just meditate and think about everything that's just transpired. And yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. So right now, everything's still fresh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to be able to just, I don't know, close my mouth properly. And then we'll see. And last thing for me, of course, you should enjoy the night and get ready for Rob. But John Jones has been kind of coming at you the this last about couple me. Days. This is about me. This moment right now is about me and what me and Kelvin did tonight. None of that. I'll address that another time, but right now, tonight, it's about me. Congratulations, Izzy. Uh, I think that was easily front runner for fight of the year so far. When In that fourth round, it appears he hurt you a little bit. Were you in danger in that fourth round? Were you hurt? I was. One thing, <laughs> he took my feet from under me because I tripped over myself, but my knees were still there. Um, I really, I'm, you know, in hindsight, I know later on, I'll be glad I went through this because I know why people break. I know why people, people, get wilted and a lot of people are, they're weak mentally when it gets to that point they they want a way out and I've, I've done it to many people before I've done it to many men so I could see he was trying to do that to me and then he couldn't so he started to get discouraged and I adjusted my game I adjusted my my, my shots I, I was trying I think I was throwing sh straight shots at first and then I started to curve it and get behind his guard and my kicks I wasn't able to set up I don't know I, I don't know if I heard it because my foot's hurting right now but um, I wasn't able to set them up like I'd like to I had some shit for him with the feet. But my boxing was nice, though, and I was still able to hurt him. I mean, he rocked me once, dropped me once. I rocked him a few times, and I dropped him four times. So, and that was some movie-type shit, man. Come on. 
overcoming adversity in the beginning and then the end of the fight, fifth round, I, I rocked him how many times and I'm just trying to finish the fight. I was going for it. That reminded me of one of the circuits we have at the gym called Spider. And the last round is actually that. We're on top of someone, punching them. So I passed the guard and I, I just started throwing bombs on him. I, I try to get, I got a clean elbow in and I was, I could hear, stop the fight, stop the fight. <clears throat> so I just kept on throwing and I was just, I didn't care. I wanted to, I wanted to finish him because I was willing to die. So I was also willing to kill. Yeah, I mean, it was an absolute war of attrition. What are those moments like when you're inside those moments where you guys are just going at it absolutely crazy? Like you said, you're willing to die in there. What is that moment actually like when you're the one in there? It's hard to explain. Uh, only those who dare, like, put themselves out there like we do, will ever experience anything like that. And just in those moments, like I said, I could see why people wilt. And even Eugene told me, you can see on the embedded, he, he's a guy, you just have to break him down. You're not going to get him out of there with one shot, Eugene said. You just have to break him down. And I was, you know, the, the leg kicks were paying off, slowing him down. Um, my oblique kicks weren't working a little bit. Um, but yeah, he, he blocked all my head kicks, I think. I can't remember. I have to have a look at the fight again. But um, those moments in there, yeah, I can see why people wilt. But I'm not one to quit. I'm strong mentally. I'm bulletproof in the brain. <clears throat> and I'm fucked in the head a little bit. So I just knew you're not going to break me because I've had eight guys, ten guys. <laughs> I was going to say run a train, but in a different way. On me in training. <laughs> and I'm like, if they can't break me, one man can't break me. And he's a tough tough hell of, like one hell of a man you know you talked a lot about after the anderson silva fight about what you learned in that fight and really just mentally like sort of the switch that that you learned and it flipped in there what did you learn from this fight and going through an experience like that um did you learn anything about yourself i guess so i think it was 116 abu Dhabi. no that was 112 116 with chill son and was it 116 or 118 one of them is one ah thank you yeah, um, Esther. It was uh, 117 with um, Chil Sonnen that he overcame adversity and submitted him with a triangle in the fifth round. That's some movie tile shit. That's some legendary shit. And I'm doing that. I did that tonight, you know, overcoming adversity. And um, what was the question again? Sorry. What did, did I learned? What did I learn? That's right. Yeah. So for I take something away from that fight. You know, you can't do that in training because you don't get paid in training. But I take, I take something away from that fight. I can feel myself leveling up already, uh, like a lot. I know this guy, he can't break me. I, I don't think I broke him, but I did a good job of chopping him up and dropping him a few times, more than a few times. And, um, yeah, I, I'm just like, you know me, I got to take my shower first, build my own thoughts and know what I really think because everything's still kind of fresh. But I know for a fact I'm the best in the world. I've, proved, I've said this before over and over and over and over again until it's just tiring. I said it before I even got in the UFC. I feel like the best. I know I'm the best, but no one's listening, and I didn't care. Fuck the rest. I just had to do me. So, again, what are they going to say now? Wait till he fights. Wait till he fights. I'm going to fucking phones and talk shit. And some of you might as well. But, hey, guess what? I'm proving myself right. I don't have to prove you wrong. I'm proving myself right every fucking time. My last question. Um, a fight like tonight, it's a star-making type of performance. I'm just curious, how big do you think the Robert Whitaker fight can be? 
one of the biggest sporting events in Australasian history, in Oceanic history. And look, I he's injury prone. That's the problem. I don't know what they're doing over there at the at the trainings or whatever. But I mean, even that triangle. I had that triangle nicely tight, but I had to, I had to sweep him because I hurt my knee during the camp and. I don't always talk shit about you know like what I did because everyone goes in there banged up. He's, he was probably banged up going into that fight as well with something, but as he was trying to escape, it was tight and I locked it in. Then, oh fuck, it just started to hurt me a little bit, so I swept him and I was trying to drop some bows because we in the ATL. But then, yeah, he he got out and. I stuffed his head and got back up, and I just kept on pu pushing. And I just knew that fifth round, man, I found something deep. I learned, I found like another level. I've been there and trained before, but I found another level of just that darkness. And Brad, Brad Riddell, he won as well over the weekend in, in a show in Auckland. But whenever we're training, he, say, he says, go numb. He just says, go numb. Embrace the darkness. Embrace the darkness. Make it your friend. And that's what I was thinking. And I just like, we're going to die right here, you and me. <laughs> yeah, I was, I mean, it's it's kind of scary to say, but I was willing. I was like, look, if he if he takes me out, he takes me out, but I'm willing to die right here. So, yeah, all those people saying I can't take a shot, fuck. I mean, come on. He couldn't even put me away. Uh, but he's a tough dude, and he, I don't, how many times, I don't think he's been dropped that many times in a fight before. Yeah, so, yeah, first time for everything. Yeah, last time. Israel, um, first of all, I want to say thank you, man, because you guys live everything in that fight, and uh, that was an awesome fight. And um, do you think um, we're going to see a second fight between you and um, Calvin? I think so, at some point. He's a, he's a tough guy. Like, afterwards, when he got, when I was on top of him, I was throwing bows, like, he, 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 he sat up, and then we looked at each other like, fuck. <laughs> it was cool. Like, we knew what we did. We knew what we shared in that, in, in that space, and it was special. And these are legendary moments, man, legendary moments in, in time and history, and I'm so grateful to be a part of it. Imagine being me. You know, I posted something today from 1st June 2012 when I was just wearing one of my friend's UFC gloves they bought, and I, I, was, I posted it up. I can't remember what the caption said, but... I always just knew I was gonna get to this point and dominate and do what I'm doing now, all this shit I've prepped for. So for me, it's cool. And I think Calvin eventually, he's gonna climb the ranks again and I'll have to defend my belt against him. So were you waiting a tough fight with him or you think it was gonna be a little bit easier than when it was? Oh, of course, I, it should have been, it should have been, but he's a tough guy. I, I, I thought maybe I'll take him out in the third or in the fourth, but he called me early. I have to watch the tape again and just know what he like how he called me. But um, he called me early and that took my XP points down a bit. But I kept I dropped him as well and took his XP point down down as well. So I started to accumulate and listen to my corner and listen to what they were saying. You know, find find finding the the shots at different levels and yeah, fuck we got it done. Is he, uh, how, how bad was the injury? Was there any risk of not being able to make it tonight? Mm, not really. It was uh, like a, what do they call it? Fuck, I can't remember, boy. It was like a, a tear somewhere in my left knee this time. Not like New York. That was in my right knee. But, um, yeah, I just did the right things, stayed away from it, trained smart, and pushed hard when I needed to. And, yeah, I was going to make it. There was no, I was going to make it no matter what.
Yeah, what happens from here on that? Is there surgery potentially on the table or no? No surgery, nothing like that. I'll probably just keep rehabbing it with my physio and my chiro and um, just, yeah, be smart about it. I've got some time off now. I'm actually going to take some time off this time, I swear. I'm not going to fight for a while because I keep saying, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And I'm like, oh, okay. But this one, I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of forced me to take some time off. Definitely. And you kind of went over a little bit when you were talking about the fight, but you showed a lot more of your skill set tonight, your ground game, all that kind of stuff. Um, does it feel good that you kind of, you know, aren't just looked at as just a pure striker now? You show, you know, you almost submit him on a couple of occasions. They're still going to say I'm a striker. They're still going to say, oh, Kelvin was in the fourth round, so you know, he would have been tied, right, right, right. You ain't even seen my takedowns, though. No one's seen my takedowns on my takedown attempts. Um, just bits and pieces. I'll just show you guys just what you know, what you need to know about me. So, yeah, they can keep saying whatever they want, and I'll keep doing me. Me and my team will keep doing us. And, yeah, that was sick, man. I, I wish I got that guillotine. That was nice, tight. He he bailed on everything. <laughs> he bailed. Like, eject. Get the fuck out of there. He tried. And, yeah, I think I might have I synced those up together as well nicely. I can't remember, but I have to watch the tape. But, yeah, it was cool. I get the jiu-jitsu, my friend. Don't worry. And a couple more. I saw the photo from backstage of you and Kamaru Usman holding your belts together. Um, what did that moment mean to you? What did he say to you after the fight? We're just chopping it up in pidgin English. And I just told him, look, they've taken a lot of gold away from Africa. It's time we take gold back to Africa. So we're going to take, take these golds back to Nigeria and uh, flex on them. Flex on them. Let people know we're out here. And last thing, Dana was in here, and he said that you became a star tonight, and it seems like big things on the horizon for you. I'm sure a lot of things are going to come your way. A lot of people are going to come you know, out of the woodwork. How do you plan on handling that, and how is life going to change for you from here? I've been prepping for this for so long. They've been waiting in the wings, all the snakes, all the vultures, and it'll be no different. I mean, it'll be no different. They're, they're, they, they stay waiting. They're like, oh, okay, what can we get from him? Look. I don't mind being used, you know? I just don't want to be misused or abused. Because if you can't be used, then you're useless. So if someone wants to come through and make some work, then bring something to the table that's substantial, and then we can work. No free rides over here. Amazing fight all around. Um, right here, Israel. Uh, amazing fight, and uh, just incredible performance. Uh, unbelievable to see five rounds with you guys. But I really thought it was impressive that Again, with the takedown defense, but even when you got taken down, the way you stood up, uh, then the triangle, and then, like you said, stopping the takedown, going for the guillotine, uh, what do you credit to that? Because obviously, you know, that's a really impressive to get a guy like Gaston to take you down and you pop right back up. And how do you think that affected the fight from there? Full credit to Andre Paulette. Andre Paulette's my wrestling coach, and he's just sabra. <laughs> he's, he's the guy. Like, without him, my wrestling would be shit. You know, and the difference between him and other wrestling coaches is he actually fights. So he knows what to look for. And we, we're hacking the game in the grappling department. And Eugene as well, our 10 a.m. squad. Like, <clears throat> we're actually, I kept on telling him for months, like, teach me how to guillotine. This is like last year, like early, like, like I need it. I've got the arms for it. <sighs> Whatever. Because he just knows me. Like, sometimes I get crazy with certain things. But when it was time, which is this year, over the last two months, we've been going over the front, front headlock position and other things. There was even one point I was going to go for, hey, I was going to go for that DOS, but I knew he would yell at me. <laughs> I knew he would be like, fuck, because he was slippery. And that's when I had the front headlock position. I thought about it, but the thing is, when I think about it, 
don't do it. Just go, like that elbow. I didn't think about it, you just flow. But um, yeah, uh, I credit it to all my team. Like literally, we've done the work behind the scenes and no one ever sees it. A lot of stuff that no one ever sees, you know, even Twist, my, my, my trainer, my, my boxing trainers, his mom passed away a week ago and I told him like, look, I know, you know, you don't have to be here. He's like, no, no, I want to. And he said his mom would have wanted him to be here as well. So I appreciated him coming to share this moment with me, you know, with us as a team. And I know you gave respect to uh, Gastelum, said that he surprised you with his jab. Uh, anything else that really surprised you with him? And is there anything that you're taking away that you're really happy about other than the title as far as your performance tonight? Because I know you were a little hard on yourself at first, kind of picking away at some of the things that Gastelum was able to do. But what would you be most proud of walking away from that fight tonight? My, my will, my heart, my, um, able, my uh, ability to like adjust, adjust on the fly and listen to my coaches, to actually listen. Because a lot of people, like I said, I can see why they break when they're in there under the pressure from someone like him or someone else. Because they, you know, they see, oh, fuck. They're weak mentally, so they don't want to be there. And I've done this to people. I've, I did it to Rob Wilkinson. I did it to Brunson as well. Because I can just tell they don't want to be there. They want out. So you have to give them a way out, but not me. I, I was talking to myself. It was weird. Like I was in a, a third-person mode, and I could see. I was like, okay. I don't want to say what I said to myself, but after the fourth round, before the fifth round, I kept on saying, Ayabiekun, Ayabiekun. And in Yoruba, that means heart of a lion. And I looked across the, ca the cage from him and the, the, the octagon. I was like, you're me. Like, we're going to die right here. One of us. And I just, I went. I want to watch that fifth round again because that's some movie type shit. That's some, like, like Dana said, stars born again. Israel, Izzy, you said the biggest fight of your life was against Anderson Silva. After going to war with Calvin and having those five rounds and touching that gold strap, have you changed your mind? Mm. Yes. Yes, I have. That was the toughest fight of my career, physically. Still mentally, the silver fight for me was a, was a, was a, was a barrier I had to get over mentally, but physically, this was the hardest fight of my career, bar none. Before you take that shiny strap to Australia, I'm back home. Where's the first place you're going to sell New Zealand. New Zealand. We're going to New Zealand. This is where the strap belongs. New Zealand and then taking it back to Nigeria as well. Australia's already got some mozzie, some fucking fake Aussie parading with one of these as well. I don't even think he has one of these. Yeah, one of these. He's on that old system. We're on that new flex. Don't worry about it. We're on that new flex. So yeah, we're taking this back to New Zealand. Hey Israel, first of all, just thanks because that fight was amazing. Uh, Thank you. Been asking all the fighters. Uh, tomorrow is the season premiere of the final season of Game of Thrones. Ooh. Are you a fan? And if so, who do you think sits on the Iron Throne at the end of things? <laughs> I've never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. Two for two. It's devastating. But if someone can tell me. In music, because we don't have like the streaming service you guys have for HBO or whatever it is over there. But if someone in New Zealand can just like plug me up. I just got a whole entertainment system in my house, like 4K projector. My brother, shout out to my brother David, he hooked that all up. But um, yeah, literally, if someone can like plug me up all the seasons, all the episodes in 4K, I'll be willing to watch it. And I'll still disregard the season. I'll catch up anyway. But I. 
I know there's dragons, eggs, and uh, Jon Snow, I heard, and shame, Jeff, shame. Everyone, shame Jeff, shame. It's an inside joke. But um, yeah, I know the memes and stuff, but yeah, I'd like to get into it. I've just been busy, you know, running shit. Thanks. Thanks, you guys. I appreciate you, and yeah. Yay, I did it. What's up? Dustin, you completed the journey as promised. I imagine uh, you know, you're still kind of soaking it all in right now, but, but give us an idea what the emotion is like to, to finally have that UFC belt up there. Man, I can't put it into words. It, uh, you know, I thought about it every night since the fight was announced. I thought about it before that, but it feels even better than I thought it was going to feel um, because I earned every step of the way. You know, it's just not that these other guys don't. I just, I just know what I had to go through to get it, the ups and downs. It feels amazing, man. Yeah. It was clear you had to earn it tonight, too. I mean, you had to dig deep from, from the second round on. Uh, physically, how did you feel in there? Was it, the pace of that first round just too much, or was there adrenaline? I mean, what, what was going on in there? I mean, I was throwing power shots a lot. Every, every, every punch was almost a power shot. And uh, brawled a little bit more than I wanted to. But when you fight you know, a guy who throws volume like that and you try to match his volume and disrupt his timing, you know, it's gonna, I, I knew that the workload was going to be a lot. I, I knew that mentally coming into this fight. We prepared for it in the gym, and I knew it was going to be a, a gunslinging match. You guys had a lot of respect for each other all throughout, but there was some talking in there tonight, you know, some staring down. Give us an idea what the conversations were like, what was going on there. <clears throat> One time I, my mouth was bleeding and I spit, and I spit on him. <laughs> and uh, the ref said, hey, you can't spit on him. And he said, uh, like he knew I, I didn't do it on accident. I didn't like aim at him, but it just might have hit him. Man, it's a fist fight. You might get some spit on you. Uh, when I hit him with a good shot, he would say that, that was good or start clapping. Uh, when I kneed him in the face, and, and uh, before he started bleeding, when he picked his head up from the knee, I saw the gash, and I said, "Gotcha." And then, uh, yeah, it was—it was just—it was a—it was a battle, man. Yeah. As you said, you know, it's a piece of the championship, and, and you want the, the completed one. Uh, Dana said, you know, the Habib fight definitely is the one that makes sense for you. It's your fight. He said he's thinking September is, is the right time. Give us an idea how you're feeling physically right now. Is that a—is that a likely date? Is that the fight that makes sense for you? Uh. We'll see. Whenever they want to do it, I'm down. You know, like like you just said, and like I said before, this is a piece of the world title, but it's a damn good piece, and we need to unify the belts. But right now, my you know, I have no injuries from the fight, bumps and bruises, of course. My hands hurt from hitting Max so much. He's so durable, so tough. He's a great champion. Um, my left bicep hurts a little bit. I might need to get that checked out. I don't know if I pulled something, but other than that, I, I feel good. Yeah. And last thing for me, I mean, Habib obviously has an incredible record. Nobody's been able to figure him out. What is it that you feel like you bring to the table that, that will be different than anybody else did, that you'll be the guy that's able to beat him? Grit, determination, the right amount of crazy, self-belief, everything it takes to be a champion, I have that. Dustin, you said post-fight um, you know, that there was a moment in there like you felt the fight was slipping away yeah. from you. Uh, what did you have to do mentally to come back from that? Because it did look like maybe you were getting a little fatigued at points in the fight, <clears throat> and you managed to obviously get it back together and you know, close it out pretty strong. Um, just pull myself together. St stay in the fight. Like, it's all mental. You know, uh, There were time, a couple times he hit me with some good shots. It looked like I was fatigued, but I was hurt um, a couple times.
against the fence. Um, and just pull myself together, keep my feet under, under me, and, and keep believing. Like, I, I just had to have a second with myself. You know, like those thoughts creep in, and I got to tell myself, don't talk to me like that. And that's what it was. Yeah. Were you surprised at Max's durability? He took some, some heavy, heavy shots from you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was surprised I hurt him that quickly in the first. And it looked like his feet were, his legs were definitely gone. You know, he took some, a couple steps back and started wobbling. And I've seen a lot of Max's fights. I've never seen him really hurt like that. So I, I went a little crazy trying to put him away, which has got me in trouble in past fights. Um, but the guy's, the guy's so tough, man. Um, this was my 40th fight tonight, and there's only been two fights that my hands, they're going to be swollen and hurting tomorrow. There was a Gaethje fight, and, and now Max. And um, Habib did tweet out that he thought the fight was a draw. That's how he scored it. Um, was there any doubt in your mind that you got the win when you know, the fifth round ended? I didn't know. Uh, my boxing coach told me coming into the fifth round when I was sitting on the stool, he said, if you go out there and win this round, you're the world champion. Um, so my, my corner obviously had me either tied there or, or ahead. And uh, I won the fifth round, I feel like. But I didn't know. You know, when you're in a fight like that and you're getting hurt and you're hurting him back and forth, there's blood everywhere. It's up, it's down. I don't know. I don't know who was winning the rounds. Yeah, and it seems like this Habib fight, you know, rumors possibly it could happen in Abu Dhabi in September. What's your thoughts on, you know, going all the way over there and doing the unifier, you know, kind of on the other side of the world? I honestly haven't had time to really digest that and think about those thoughts. Um, there was talks about it. Whoever won this fight was going to fight him, but I didn't look that far because I knew the fight I had tonight was going to be a serious one. And I knew my hands were full with Max. So tomorrow, next week, now I'll start thinking about it and, and we'll see. But, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and just last thing, uh, I know after you had beat Justin Gaethje, you gave us that really emotional interview talking about, you know, you made the promise to your wife that you would get to this moment. Uh, you guys had a nice moment in the octagon and everything, but when you're backstage and you have that belt, you know, maybe later tonight, what's kind of that going to be like now that you've accomplished this? I don't know. I, I got to go home and, and really find out, but she's been there with me since the first fight, you know, and... Uh, it's been a long journey, and like I've said before, you know, she believed in me at times when I was ready to stop fighting, and uh, you know, I wouldn't be here with this belt if it wasn't for her. So, it's just as much hers. This whole journey, and uh, I'm just appreciative to, to be able to share it with her. And I've been saying it all week to her, to my management, to my team, that. Uh, you know, in the words of Teddy Atlas, I knew I had 25 minutes to make life fair tonight. Nothing mattered. Uh, when I've been overlooked or knocked out, dropped fights in the, in the past, and had to climb back up, nothing mattered but 25 minutes tonight to make life fair and be a world champion. And that's all I cared about, man, is, is showing up for 25 minutes, staying focused. And uh, my wife knew that I was gonna go out there and I was willing to leave a piece of myself in there. And, and I was. And I might have. I can't wait, man. I'm bringing my daughter to the zoo Monday morning. Her dad is the champ. I have a video on my phone of her running around saying, dad's the champ before I was. I've watched it 100 times this week. Uh, nobody can take this away from me. And I paid, I paid for it in full with blood, sweat, and tears. And I don't know if anybody's ever had a dream or a goal that took all of themselves to make become a reality and uh
That's what this, that's what this represents to me. Um, Justin, Justin, um, thanks for bringing us that awesome fight to Atlanta, man. It was great. And um, tell me, what, what went to your mind after you hitting him so hard so many times and the guy, he was fighting like nothing happened to him? I, uh, I, I thought I was going to put him away a few times. And, um, you know, he didn't get on the bicycle. He walked forward when he was hurt and, and crowded me and made it hard for me to hit him. And he hit me with shots. The guy's a warrior. I knew I was in a, a dog fight. After each round, going back to my corner, I was just thinking, how, this, is a, this fight's insane. You know, I'm hurt. He's hurt. He's spitting blood, you know, and I have nothing bad to say about Max at all. You know, he, he's still the champ. Yeah, um, so Andrew, uh, when you get home, so what's, what you gonna be cooking, man? Man, I don't know. It's uh, in Louisiana, it's Festival International right now. And uh, I definitely need some jambalaya and uh, I'm going to be eating a lot, so what's, for sure. What's for your future? Can you tell us? Um, hopefully to unify the belt, to get healthy, to take lessons from this fight and get, get better as a fighter, and to keep progressing. I feel like I'm entering my prime right now. Tonight was my 40th fight, and I've learned a lot of lessons, and I found out a lot about myself, and I found out that I can trust myself in there. If he wants a third fight, would you give it, would you give it to him? To Max? Yeah. Um, I, I think I, this represents my next fight has to be for a unification fight, but I, I love Max, man. I'll fight him. I'll fight him five more times. Thanks, man. Dustin, right here. Uh, congratulations! Uh, incredible, incredible fight. You'd been asked about, you know, Max, the shots that he was able to take in that fight. I'm just curious. When you're hitting him with everything that you have and this man is still walking forward, is there a mental adjustment you almost have to make? I think I made it towards the end of the fight. I realized that, uh, you know, I'm wasting a lot of energy and making this fight a lot closer than it needs to be, brawling. So I just got behind my jab and started to throw my, my cross a little bit more straighter. Tried to pump the jab. He, he started stop, he, um, he started using less head movement towards the end of the fight and the jab was finding its home very easy. He's kind of tricky. Uh, his speed and timing, is, is his cadence that he uses is a little different. He'll loop shots to the body, throw slow jabs with a fast cross behind it. It keeps you off, you know. A lot of his jabs didn't land, but the cross did. Um, you know, the guy's a good striker. Uh, it seemed like there were certain moments where he was starting to find that momentum. And you had talked about that this week, where he's that guy who will snowball rolling down of a hill type of thing. When he's finding his momentum, what are you able? What adjustments did you make? What were you able to do to to change that? Not, probably not the best adjustments, but I bit down and uh, threw as hard as I could and tried to to, to hurt him uh, multiple times on the fence. I missed a lot. I probably looked like a maniac out there. Uh, I haven't seen any any clips really, but I tried to hurt him. You know. I asked you this after the Justin Gaethje fight, and I almost want to ask you it again. When you're in those moments, those firefights, where you're just biting down your mouthpiece and, and things are just getting really crazy, what is that moment like for you? That's what fighting is to me. That's the purest feeling of fighting to, to me. Um, I'm hurt. I'm busted up. He's hurt. He's busted up. We're both digging down. Who wants it more? That grit of fighting is uh, addictive. It's, I'm scared of it. it it's, it's a very weird thing, man. 
we, we've talked about how long this road has been for you. Did, do you feel like you proved anything to yourself today? I knew I, I have the ability to, to become a, a champion. I, I knew I did. Um, I, I've, you've probably heard me say before, when I look in the mirror, I'm happy with the person I am as a fighter, as a husband, as a father. Um, I, I knew I just needed the opportunity. And I, that's why I text Dana every day for weeks before that fight was announced. I called him, talked to him for 30 minutes on the phone. Um, I just, I wanted something big. I wanted to fight. I went at, back, you know, months ago I was texting him. Um, I, I, blow, I blew up Dana's phone a lot leading up to this fight. My last question. Were you at all tired in there? Did you feel like you had to find a second win at any point in that fight? Maybe in the, uh, I'm, I'm not sure, the, the rounds kind of, the third or the fourth, I, I got hurt a little bit and I was against the fence and I did have a, you know, feel winded a little bit, but nothing too crazy. I, I have good cardio. You know, I, I can compete with anybody. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Hey, Dustin, just one from me. Um, a lot has been made about Max moving up in weight. I just wanted to know, did he feel like a lightweight in there? I think uh, people were surprised that you actually look bigger than him. That I look bigger than him? Yeah. I'm, I'm I am a lightweight. You know, I probably was. I don't know what Max came in tonight, but I probably was a few pounds heavier than him. Um, he's, a big, he's a big guy, though. You know, he gets heavy. He, they, the athletic commission wouldn't let him cut the rest of the weight for Khabib. So he, he, he's a big guy. In the clinch, he was slick, technically, with elbows and short shots. I didn't feel a whole lot of strength there, but when I got in on his legs on the wall, his underhooks, his wizard, his hips, his legs, and uh, hips are very strong. I felt the strength there. Incredible performance tonight, Dustin. Thank you for uh, putting on a great fight. Um, I remember watching Fightville many years ago and uh, seeing your crazy training with crazy Tim Kador, and I, I know you're with Mike Brown now, an American top team. And uh, obviously, it's an individual thing when you step in that cage, but it, it is a very much a team sport. Um, if you can, tell us about how much those guys really kind of shaped you and you know, helped you kind of lead to this, to this moment right now. Um, Tim or, or Mike? Both. Both. Tim was in the crowd. He's out here with his wife and a couple of his students. And so it's good to have him here, you know. Um, he was in my corner for the first Max Holloway fight. And now we are here full circle for the championship against the same guy. So it's good to have that support. You know, but Tim's, when I met Tim, I was just a young guy trying to fight. He kind of showed me the business side of it. He, he taught me um, great jujitsu technique and, uh, you know, the martial arts. Um, when I went to American Top Team, I learned how to train and prepare and schedule like a professional fighter. You know, before I was around, Nothing against Tim or anybody he has in his camp and his team. Those are all my, my good friends. I'm going to go back home and, and start working with them now uh, that I'm back in Louisiana. But those were a bunch of guys who fought on the weekend, not Tim, everybody else I trained with there. The roster of guys wasn't that big. You know, these guys were part-time fighters. When I went to American Top Team, these guys were full-time fighters. That's how they fed their family. So the room was different. The lessons were different. The uh, camaraderie was different. And, and, you know, that's what really... You know, being around guys like, like Tiago Alves, Robbie Lawler is a good buddy of mine now, a guy who I respect a lot. And uh, a guy when I have dropped fights in the past, would, when I didn't want to get out of the house for the weeks after, would come and, and pull me out of the house. You know, Robbie's a good guy, a very quiet guy, doesn't talk a lot, he's not on social media and stuff, but he's a good, really good person. Being around guys like that and picking their brains really let me know um, so much more about this game.
I don't know, it's, it's not even a game. I'm tired of calling it a game or a sport. This is survival, you know. Um, that's what this is. Dustin, just two last things and we'll let you get out of here. Uh, when he tried to hit you with the Dars at the end of the fourth round, you guys kind of exchanged some words a little bit. If there was more time there, would that have been deep? And would you, what was just your little exchange after? Yeah, it would have been, it was locked in very deep. But the reason it was locked in that deep is because I knew the time was, was short and I was kind of just killing the clock there. Like, I knew there was less than 10 seconds. He can't, he's not going to finish that. It was kind of, you shouldn't do that. But it was kind of just like, ah, oh, whatever, the bell's about to ring. He, he, I knew I was safe. Well, just last thing, uh, you're obviously going to be auctioning off your fight gear. Can we just give you one last opportunity to, you know, describe your platform and what you're going to be doing? Yeah, um, a young kid named Aaron Hill had a very rare brain disease called ALD, um, and he he had a he was in a disabled class. Your motor skills start to deteriorate very quickly. So he was a normal, healthy kid at, at six years old, and then couldn't walk, you know, and and uh, lost a lot of motor functions and stuff like that and got put into a disabled class at his school. And, you know, he went downhill very quick and he, and he wanted a playground for the kids in his class. And, and that was his wish. And it never got, he never got to see it happen. He passed away. And uh, when we heard about his story, that hit me in my feelings, you know, and I was like, we got to get this, get this done in, in honor of him. And so that's what we're doing. We're going to build a disabled playground at his school so, and put a plaque in honor of Aaron Hill and his dream could live on. Uh, I just thought it was beautiful that a young kid that, that you know, had, had that kind of dream where everybody can benefit. He wanted it for his, his classmates and I thought that was beautiful. So we're gonna build a playground for him, for sure. Dustin, one real quick one for me. We've asked all the fighters tonight, tomorrow, Game of Thrones season eight premiere. Do you watch the show? Are you a fan? And, and if so, who do you think wins at the end of it? I wish I knew what you were talking about, man. I, I, I tried to get into it, and like, if I have to force myself to watch two episodes, I don't, I don't want to get into it. So I, I never seen anything. You know, I'm more of like a Breaking Bad, Ozarks, stuff like that. The first episode, I'm into it. Like, I don't want to have to watch three or four episodes to get to get hooked. Dustin, right here, man. A uh, couple things. The uh, when you were down at 145. Uh, you fought Conor McGregor, and he talked so much crap, man. I so wanted you to beat him down, man, but you lost to him. But after that, I think that's when you started on your roll. You went up to 155, and then you kept going, man. Was that the turning point in your career, you think, that loss to McGregor? Uh, it's tough to say, you know. I, I was doing very well before that, before the loss to McGregor. Uh, I just knew how many fights I would have to fight to get back to – title contention at 45 and me and my team knew that I didn't have a lot of weight cuts to 45 left in me and uh, if I would have beat Connor that night of course I would have stayed there to fight for the belt and rode it out as long as I could but with, when that loss happened I knew the road back and we just decided let's go ahead and move up now and start working and building here. Okay and one more thing man I'm a writer so what you said earlier uh Grit, Determination, and the Right Amount of Crazy. That's the title of your book you should write for yourself, man. Uh, just hook me, hook it up with me, man, so I can write that for you, man. We get that going. I like that title, man, so I think I, that's a good one. I appreciate it. Let's do it, man. <laughs> All right. I'm down. Thank you, guys. The champ.